Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we unfortunately have to talk about that uh, horrible, ugly loss for Wisconsin basketball at the University of Michigan game that was uh, close and tight for about five minutes, and, and then it wasn't. So we'll get into that, talk about what needs to change for the Wisconsin men's basketball team as they get ready for another top 15 battle uh, with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Thankfully in the Big Ten, uh, if you have a bad loss, you don't have much time to think about it because you've got another quality opponent uh, upcoming on your schedule. So we'll talk about all things basketball um, in the back half of the show. In the front half, we've got some football news. Like we said, you know, every couple days some, some new decisions come out for some players. We've got some other stuff to talk about in terms of some transfers uh, that Wisconsin was in the running for that unfortunately uh, they did not win out on. So plenty to get to on another episode here today. So excited to talk to you guys about both of those as we work into this football off season and further into the Big Ten basketball season. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm really glad that that basketball game's over with, so um, I don't have to sit through and write and cover that one because that was that was tough on the eyes uh, for most of it. Um, but it's I am excited to jump into some football talk as well. Um, how are you doing, dude? I'm good. Yeah, we survived that uh, basketball. We were talking off air on how much we really saw of some of that game because uh, by the second half. It was more so just watching in terms of just pure enamorment at, at what was happening. There wasn't much to, to take from it. You know, like I said, it was it was seemed close for, for maybe four or five minutes, and, and then all of a sudden the, that last half of the first half into the second half was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. So uh, thankfully you can – hopefully we can flush it out of our system today, be done with it, and then, and then forget about it because I know, like we said – uh, Wisconsin's got another tough one coming up, and, and hopefully they can put it behind them as well. I know I am ready to not think or talk about that game much more, but as a Wisconsin podcast, unfortunately, we're forced to. So uh, before we talk about basketball, you want to get into our news of the day? Let's do it, dude. Here's what's happening. All right, plenty of football news. Um, it keeps trickling in day by day. They know that uh, Tyler and Matt have need some stuff to talk about on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, so the news keeps coming. And, uh, of course, the national championship game was this past Monday. Alabama took care of business over Ohio State uh, for their next title and what will be the not their first and not their last. So um, th- after that, the, the fun starts with 2021, and everybody puts out their way-too-early polls, which if you look at it's kind of it's kind of a comical exercise at this point because when you do these way-too-early polls, you've, got, you've always got Alabama, and now at this point you've got Clemson, you've got Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State. Those five will be in the top five in some sort of mix. You'll have Florida up there. You'll have generally LSU in there, and then you get into the teams. You know, Texas will probably be in there too high. Uh, UCLA will be somewhere in there in the lower 25s. You know, Iowa State will be the trendy team, North Carolina, um, this year with all that they bring back. And then you've got, you know, the Big Ten teams. Wisconsin will be in there. Penn State will be in there. Wisconsin, for the for the Badgers, 
kind of in their perfect sweet spot. The the average of like anywhere from 14 to 17, 18, a couple of them had them in the 20s. Um, does Wisconsin kind of look like they have college football right where they want them being in that high teens? Because it seems like every year that's where they end up being. And, and when they start in that kind of sweet spot, it seems to be a good year for the batters. So hopefully they're, they're positioned perfectly as we head into this way too early part of the 2021 season. Yeah, I, I think you you got to hope that you see some some vast improvement from the offense, but but really with a full off season to to play around with, I would anticipate that the Badgers will be better. They got a tough schedule because if you look at a lot of those rankings, um, you said the Badgers averaged 17th. We saw something as high as 11, as low as like 21st. That um, the Badgers also have six different teams on their schedule next year that also pop up mm-hmm. in some of those way too early lists. You got Penn State who either in it for some of them, not in it for others after, you know, going four and five this season. Notre Dame, they were, you know, far away from from going to the national championship game, but they were still one of the final four teams in there. Michigan's, um, you know, found a way to be in there, even though they had a really tough year. Army was in a couple of them that I saw as well. Northwestern in a couple of them that I saw. And Iowa um, is another one of those trendy picks because they returned quite a bit as well. So, I think you look at what it is. I think the Badgers are in a good spot because there isn't the lofty expectations that we've seen at times. Um, I think everybody can remember when the Badgers had their starting offensive line on the front of the uh, Sports Illustrated cover, and that went very poorly very quickly. Um, So I I think this is good for the Badgers. Like you said, I think they've got the Badgers correctly spotted at about the upper teens, which seems like every year is about the starting point. But I think now it's a matter of seeing what this team can do in the offseason, if they can add some more guys. We've seen some of the news coming back about players returning. But now it's about what can some of the young guys, which is a whole heap of players, um, make a jump. Can they make that nice jump to help this team out? Because um, you look at a lot of the teams uh, in the Big Ten, and and there's it's going to be another uh, – you know, solid group next year with so many teams that are kind of already getting um, buzzed about what they are bringing back uh, in 2021. Yeah, it's an exciting group for sure. And I think for Wisconsin, no matter the rankings, I like that you mentioned the, the opponents on the schedule because they, they've got a very um, you know high-quality schedule. So if they can come out and take care of business, I think rankings will, of course, take care of themselves in this conference. And you add in uh, the Notre Dame, the Army uh, non-conference games, those are tough non-conference games that traditionally Wisconsin hasn't always had. You know, this past year, the original schedule, you're supposed to have Notre Dame as well, supposed to have Appalachian State. You know, those type of games are are what's really going to help you. So uh, I think in terms of rankings, Wisconsin is is right where you want to be. You don't want to maybe have that preseason pressure that Wisconsin kind of felt a couple years ago, I think. But you also don't want to be completely off the radar. As a fan base, you want to see your team in there. So being at that 17 spot, I think, is great. But at the end of the day, a lot of that, these rankings and, and 2021 way too early predictions are, are kind of just hearsay. You you look at what teams bring back and and you try to pick and pick and choose where you can, can kind of find a team and, and what's going to be good. But at the same time, it's a lot of relative unknowns. You, you've still got players that are making decisions. Um, you've still got a pandemic going on. Hopefully that doesn't affect the 2021 season at all, but there's a lot of parts up in the air. So uh, I think for the Badgers, they're in a, a good spot, but it's going to take uh, a lot of on-the-field improvements to really earn that spot, and I think thankfully for them, they've got the ability to do it, and, 
And I, I think for a lot of writers out there, they expect uh, Wisconsin to bounce back, but you've got to prove that on the field as well. So uh, it, they're in a good spot to to move themselves along as we go, you know, a long ways away from that uh, 2021 season. But um, in terms of some returning players, we talked about it a little last time. Um, Noah Burks was the most recent uh, player to announce his decision to come back. Um, he'll be returning to the Badgers next year after a really solid 2019. This past season was, I wouldn't say a bad season for him, but I wouldn't say, you know, after his 2019 season, you kind of expected maybe a jump. I would say it was more of a stagnant season for him, maybe a little bit down from where he was a couple seasons ago, but still a guy that's played a lot of football for Wisconsin, quality player. You look at, you've got Sanborn back, you've got Chanel back, you'll have Nick Herbig. All of a sudden, you know, Noah Burks being back, you've got a pretty solid terms in terms of your linebacker. You've got a lot of experience. You've got a lot of talent there. So what did you make of his announcement to come back? How big do you think that is for the Badger defense? I think it's huge for depth. I think he's a guy who he's one of your leaders. He's going to be entering his sixth year now. Um, came in as a you know high three, low four star recruit, and and really he he's kind of met what uh, expectations were for him. He's not a very explosive player. He is a he's a guy that can help the mountain run support. Um, I mean, you look at it. His season, he he started playing better later in the year. He had a, that sack against Iowa. Also had a couple tackles against Minnesota. Um, had six tackles against Wake Forest. But um, he's he's a guy that I think they need more from if he's going to be one of your starters. Uh, I would anticipate that um, some of the younger guys will push him for for reps. But um, you you definitely don't turn away a guy who's been in your program for that many years and has been a a multi-year starter has um, demonstrated that hey he can he can do some nice things for you. Um, got a nice interception in that Wake Forest game as well. I remember his interception against Northwestern last year. So he, he's a guy that I, I think needs to take a, a, another jump because, like you mentioned, he didn't have the season I think he was anticipating um, in, in 2020, but it's, I don't think most people did. So um, it's good for the, the outside linebacker room because whether we like it or not, I think you are going to get something similar to Noah Burks from C.J. Getz if he was out there as well or, or – and, and, and unless they were going with one of the young guys who really just kind of um, blew up in the offseason, I think I think having Burks, an established starter, returning is, is nothing but positive news for the team. And I think the Wisconsin defense is going to be much better because of um, the depth that they're going to now have at outside linebacker and the number of bodies that they can rotate because there isn't a lot the Badgers have at outside linebacker other than I, I do really think that Herbig is a guy that – that should have a really big year next year. So the more bodies you have that, that you can trust and you can rotate in, the fresher they're going to be. And that can sometimes be all that you need against a, a tougher uh, left tackle or right tackle that, that might be out there for each snap in a long drive. Um, to have that those fresh legs can really help. Um, and, and Brooks is a guy that I think can help them for sure uh, against run-first teams as well as um, being able to drop back into coverage. He just needs to get better at getting to the quarterback. Yeah, I think I think the the depth that he brings and and the almost the flexibility of the position. You know, you have Nick Herbig, who I think is going to be one of your established starters. You would think at this point in time, Noah Burks is going to be the guy on the other side as well. But you've you've got the ability now to be flexible. You don't have to play someone because they're the only option or one of the few options at the position. Um, I th- I think that's really good for Jim Leonard's defense. He's going to want his best eleven guys out there. He's done that time and time again. 
where if a guy's not cutting it, he's not afraid to make a change. He doesn't, you know, have play preferences or anything like that. So if, if Noah Burks is the guy that's out there, you've got an experienced outside linebacker that's played a lot of football. But if one of the young guys are ready and is, is ready to hop in there and, and take that spot, it's going to come down to, you know, whoever's playing the best and, and whoever Jim Leonard wants out there, which is always the best um, you know, way to approach it. The depth, the flexibility gives you a lot more at every position. If you don't have to play a guy before he's not re- before he's ready, it, it's always good for your defense and good for your program. So I don't think anyone could see Noah Burks coming back as a bad thing. And, and there's always the chance that he really elevates his game again as well. You know, you talk about the young guys elevating their game. You know, Noah Burks still could be a guy that comes back and, and, and puts on a show and, and improves in this offseason and comes back and has a strong, you know, sixth season at AUW. So I think for, for flexibility's sake, for depth's sake, and, and just for the opportunity, um, this linebacker core should be really strong, and, and they've got some depth behind them and, and guys that they can rotate in, which is only a positive. With, with Jim Leonard's defense, if you've got fresh bodies that are ready to go, like you mentioned, it, it's going to be um, a, a really positive note that you can take from that. No doubt. Moving on down here, Reggie Pearson, a, a name that <laughs> – People have kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say forgotten about, but with this past season not being able to play, um, his father put out some, we'll call it cryptic tweets um, about his possible return. He said, God is truly great. He has the final say, not man, hashtag return tour. And then I believe it was that same day, just said, just keep praying everyone one step closer. So it sounds to me um, that, that Reggie Pearson is at least on his way back. You know, you, you can't really read too much into it, but if there's going to be a guy that knows the most about the situation, it's going to be his father. So when you look at the safety position, he was a guy coming into this past season that you were really excited about, and then, of course, the news broke. So what do you make of his situation, and how big would it be to have a player of his caliber back to this Wisconsin secondary that is already pretty strong? I think I think him returning would be absolutely huge for this defense. We've talked about that, you know, you've got Scott Nelson back, you've got Colin Wilder, two safeties that you can trust back there. But but Pearson is also a guy who started the entirety of 2019 outside of the one game where he uh, was unable to start because of a targeting call in the, the previous game. He was your fourth leading tackler um, on a defense that featured Jack Sanborn, Chris Orr, Zach Vaughn, um, Eric Burrell. Like, he had a really good season, mm-hmm. um, had three and a half tackles for loss, um, and, and also two forced fumbles. I remember that an initial fourth fumble he had against Michigan completely shifted that game uh, in 2019. So I think you you look at what he can bring as a as a strong safety, a guy who can come up in the box and help and run support, and as well as cover. I remember the Jim Leonard using him as as the the slot for a large chunk of 2019 as well um, to start up the season. So I, I think Pearson is a guy if if indeed he is coming back, if he's on his return tour and coming back to the Badgers, it can only help the defense. They would have um, be able to rotate some of those safeties, have a lot more depth. And I think the, in the biggest way, it, it's big for the safeties to um, spread out eligibility right now because you look at who's coming back, and, and sure, you have Nelson and Wilder, but both of those guys are seniors, both are, of which are probably entering their final season at Madison. Pearson would be coming in because he didn't play last year as a junior or actually a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, and and kind of buffer the gap between those established guys that you have that are going to be likely your starters 
and um, unless Pearson jumps them, which could easily happen because of what we've seen from them, and the the youth movement of you know Titus Toller, um, Braylon Allen, Hunter Wohler, who are coming in in this year's class. So I, I think you it's it would be beneficial for the Badgers in a lot of ways. But number one is it gives you more depth, a really um, established playmaker and um, also is able to kind of give you a multi-year starter to lean upon for the next couple of years beyond 2021 as well. Yeah, I think the the establishing you know, playmaker is a huge part of it. I, I think sometimes when you look at this past season and not having him at all, that maybe he gets a little bit forgotten about, kind of like Scott Nelson a couple of years ago when he went down and really wasn't available at all two seasons ago. All of a sudden you've got him back and starting to play really well. You're like, oh, yeah, Scott Nelson is – is a pretty good football player. Reggie Pearson, it wasn't like he's it wasn't like before he got um, the, this whole situation going on that he wasn't a, a player that you know we saw flashes of. He was playing a lot and he was playing quality football. And in coming into this season, there were some really high expectations for him to be a, a guy that, that really stepped up. So if he can come back to the form that he was playing, I, I think that really bodes well for this Wisconsin defense to have. Um, a guy that can can play a lot of different positions, play in a lot of different ways, can you know deliver the hit. He's a really hard hitter, which we've seen in the past. So he, he's not just a guy who we've seen flashes of. He's played a lot of quality football, and it would be great to get him back. And then, yeah, I think the, the kind of stopgap that you mentioned is huge because it gives you a quality player that you can go to as you work towards wherever, you know, as you develop, you know, Hunter Waller into that safety, Braylon Allen, where you think he's going to fit is, is maybe dependent on that. But it's good to not have too many guys that will be moving on to the next phase. You can kind of transition each position nicely. I think right now the Badgers, in terms of that and in terms of positions moving on year by year, are set up really well. So I think it'd be great. It'd be huge. You want Reggie Pearson to have the last say in his career, and I think it'd be a really big get for the Badgers to land him back uh, in, in uniform this next fall. Yeah, I mean, you you think about what he did as just a redshirt freshman and as a true freshman, where they pulled him um, pulled him out and still uh, held onto his redshirt and had him start against Michigan when they had upperclassmen that they could have easily started. Jim Leonard loves this kid, and this he's a good player. Now it's a matter of hopefully all of uh, all of the health concerns or whatever kind of had had made it so that he was medically unavailable uh, are put aside and he's back for what could be a really nice return for him in his redshirt sophomore season. Yeah, that defense with with him back would would look pretty special for I know, for sure. I know everyone's kind of it was excited about the defense this year for good reason. I think there's good reason to be excited about this what this defense can be next year as well. Unfortunate news on the offensive side though. USC running back Marquis Step, he was in the transfer portal. Looked like the Badgers were in the running uh, to land him. Unfortunately for them, they did not, and he is going to a Big Ten West rival in Nebraska. Um, tough blow for Wisconsin. What do you make of that announcement, and, and just how big of a blow is it to Wisconsin as he was kind of looking like maybe he would be in the Badgers' future plans? Yeah, I mean, reports surfaced that Wisconsin was one of the, the primary contenders for him. I, I think it, it is tougher to, to transfer to Wisconsin when you aren't a grad transfer just because of the, the way that UW does their transfer credits and everything, um, which I'm who knows if that played into this whatsoever. But, but I think the, the major thing has to be that Nebraska just has playing time available. Mm-hmm. You, you look at it, they, they lost the, the bulk of their offense with running game, whereas the Badgers have Jalen Berger. Coming back 
And as of right now, <laughs> Jalen Berger is going to be a freshman still next year because the eligibility clock didn't even run. So I think that had to, to play into his decision, um, and I can't blame him for that. It sucks that he ended up at Nebraska because I think he is a talented player um, who, who could fit in nicely in, in the Big Ten. But um, I think the Badgers will be just fine. It's, it's just more about now um, trying to see how they can build depth at that position. We'll see about Garrett Groshek. He still has been kind of um, quiet about his impending decision of what he's going to do. Um, but um, you, you've got Jalen Berger. You've got three in, incoming running backs to, that uh, hopefully can make, make some moves as well. I, I think the Badgers are going to continue to look in the portal um, as they should just given everything that's going on these past few seasons, everybody should be looking in the transfer portal. Uh, I think I think you saw Chris Curry today also announced that he's going to uh, Utah after transferring out of LSU, a guy that the Badgers had recruited out of high school and had gone to the same uh, high school as um, Jake Cheney. And, and so um, I, I think the Badgers are kind of running out of time for a lot of these transfers um, just because you look at spring – the um, spring semester usually starts here in in like just on a little over a week, I should say. So I would expect if there is something, it would be happening soon for the Badgers in the transfer market, um, unless it just happens over the summer. Um, but um, I expect that this this move isn't going to be the end all be all for the Badgers. They'll be just fine, especially if they can keep Jalen Berger healthy. Yeah, I think that's the big key, you know, is you kind of look to, you know, we talked about, you talked about Garrett Groshek there, him possibly being gone, you know, Nikia Watson has transferred out, now you've got this, um, you know, marquee step out of the situation, out of the equation, so the secondary ball carrier is going to be probably the position to watch um, a little bit for the offense. It seems like the last couple of years we've kind of had that where you've got an established running back, you had Jonathan Taylor, you've got now Jalen Berger, who I think is going to be, of course, your starter, so it's not... It's better to at least you've got one established starter that you feel pretty good about. Of course, Wisconsin wants to have a couple other guys they can lean on, and and who knows, maybe Garrett Groshek will be back, and and it's not a big deal, but you can't count on that right now, especially a guy who has been at Wisconsin forever and and kind of starting to move on to next phases of his life that way. So um, whoever it is in terms of the next player up, you know, you've got young guys coming in. You've still got Julius Davis, who was a guy that uh, had a lot of promise and, and still does and, and just haven't seen a lot from him. Um, you know, I know people expect to see it a little bit more this year, just never really got a shot. So I think in terms of the position, it's not the biggest concern in the world. Um, it would have been nice, but at the same time, there are probably running back rooms across the country with much more dire situations that Wisconsin has. So like you mentioned, I, I think they'll be just fine, but it'll be certainly nice if they could kind of figure out a, a running back two situation, but if not, you've, you've still got an established starter that you can at least lean on to to buy you some time and find you a guy that can maybe give him some blows. Yeah, and, and hopefully um, a guy who's in a similar situation as Marquis Steph was Isaac Arendo, um, another kid from Indiana who who has also had trouble staying healthy. Marquis Steph has dealt with injuries each year while he was at USC. Isaiah Arendo... Isaac Rendo been in the same um, boat here for the Badgers. Didn't really play much this year after being one of the top three guys in what you expected um, to be a crowded running back room. I, I think he, he, if healthy, could also push for, for a role in this offense. Um, I like that you mentioned Julius Davis. You've got those three incoming guys too. Um, I, I think if the Badgers are really 
um, really wanting to make a splash in the transfer portal. They need to look at the defensive line. I think that's a bigger need right now for the Badgers, um, just because you you look at um, some of the some of the depth there. I, I don't like um, the fact that Matt Henningsen's going to be coming off of an injury. Uh, I think a running back would be really nice if they could get one, but at the same time, like we both mentioned, if if they can't find a running back that fits what they need, um, it, it's it's not going to be killer as long as Jalen Berger. Um, takes a nice step in his development, like I would only expect, um, given the fact that he was a kid who came in in the summer and was thrust into action so quickly with, without a traditional um, fall camp to to have uh, to kind of get ready for and and in no spring practice as well. So it's there's a lot of Badgers that are entering their first spring practice, and and I think that's going to go a long way. Um, you know, you you got to remember that a guy like Hayden Rucci hasn't even had a spring practice yet, and this is going to be his second year on campus, or uh, third year on campus, and is going to be a, a you know tight end too. So the Badgers are in a good spot, especially if they're able to have these practices in the spring and can can have some time to figure out some of these battles that we're that we're worried about at this juncture. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be spring practice is going to be so beneficial for a lot of these guys. I'm excited to see what they can do. Hopefully that. Uh, all kicks off without problems because it's so big for player development as you go into the next season. So, All right, that wraps up our football discussion. Stick with us through a couple quick ad reads here, guys, and then we'll get into that. We'll, we'll try to unpack that uh, Michigan-Wisconsin contest and see what the Badgers need to do to move forward against Rutgers. All right, let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. That uh, Michigan-Wisconsin game, not much fun in, in in any way, shape, or form. Not really any other way to put it than it was ugly. Uh, get the doors blown off by Michigan, 77 to 54. Honestly, you know, I, I like we said at the the beginning, I, there was parts of the second half that I just didn't watch because there was really not a lot to to take from it. But it felt a lot worse in terms of score. At one point, it seemed like they were down 60 points. So to 75, 77, 54 doesn't sound as bad as it probably really was in terms of look, but what did you make of that game, and and what can you what can you really take from it uh, after that uh, tough contest? Well, consider yourself lucky that you had to, didn't have to watch the whole thing because I was <laughs> in the middle of covering it and writing the recap and tweeting about it. So um, uh, it, it was it was ugly. It was just really bad. The Badgers were were in it for the first few minutes. They they um, quickly found that they were no match though. I mean, this was a completely. Um, a dismantling of the Badgers. I thought Michigan was was much more aggressive on both ends of the court. Uh, I was specifically impressed by their um, their pressure on defense. They they pushed the Badgers out well beyond the three point arc on multiple occasions, and Wisconsin was doing the old just let's, let's pass it around the horn and and just jack up a shot late. And that's not going to win you games. And for a, a veteran team, they can't do that. They they need to be um, better on the offensive end. Um, I, I thought um, you, you looked in at the box score, you looked at kind of how the flow of the game looked in, and some of your starters were just completely absent. I mean, you had Aline Ford, Nate Reavers, Brad Davison, three of your key starters just didn't do much of anything. Um, I thought the Badgers looked soft in general on defense. I mean, it was layup lines for some of the uh, – for Michigan, and they absolutely took advantage of the Badgers. Um, I, I think Michigan deserves a ton of credit because they're a good team. They've, they've got a lot of weapons um, that they can turn to beyond Hunter Dickinson, who, who really had one of his lowest scoring outputs of the season. 
but but the Badgers' defense is at this point reached reached uh, concern levels to me just because we've seen them struggle against Indiana, Maryland, and, and now uh, Michigan. And this is a group that came into the season and all season long has been in the upper upper tier of the Ken Palm defensive ratings, and, and they're not showing it right lately. And a lot of it is just because their post-defense flat-out blows. Like, it sucks at this point. Nate Reavers has not progressed to the way you would need him to um, or expect him to, and we, we talked on the last episode about the fact that um, his teammates called him out. Uh, he deserves another call out right now because he, he was just bad. Um, the Badgers have struggled with length, and Michigan has it. The Badgers looked flat for that entire middle stanza of the game, and they completely got blown out the gym, and they didn't even had a, have any business to be there about midway through the third quarter, in my opinion. Yeah, the, I, I like that you mentioned soft because that was one of our talking points that we've got in our outline. We'll just get into that and, and readjust a little bit here because I think that was the, the key point that I kind of took away from it as well is that even in the games that this team wins, there's sometimes where they just don't feel like, you know, I, I don't know what it is if it's just physically they're not they're not playing physical. I don't know if they're not aggressive or just they, they just lack energy or what it is, but... I, I, that was kind of the main takeaway for me as well is that, that you're you're on the road, you're getting tested early. I mean, Michigan was coming out and and they were were strong, physical, great on defense, and Wisconsin just seemed like they could not handle it. And when the shots weren't falling, it was just like okay, it's just not our night. And in, in the NBA, it, sometimes there's just not your night. But in in the Big Ten play in college basketball, you don't have as many opportunities. So it, it was kind of telling to me that this this team at times can look a little soft, I, I think was a great way to put it because that's, that's kind of been my thought on some of these games. Even when they win, you know, it, it's everything's happy-go-lucky and they're making shots and playing well. But sometimes when this team, I feel like when they get tested and, and get down or, or start to struggle, it just seems like the doors kind of fall off and, and they try to clear all the way back. But last night it just seemed like, it seemed like they were getting beat and, and nothing was going for them, and it was just like, okay, I, we can't do it, and, and that's where it is. So I don't know if it's energy or, or physicality or aggressiveness, but something about this team just feels off in my opinion. So I'm glad that you mentioned you know the soft aspect and that you noticed that as well because I think that's one thing that is, is really glaring and sticking out at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I, you're not seeing nearly the excitement or energy level that you saw from this team um, down the stretch last year. This this looks a lot like the team we saw in the beginning of the season last year. Mm-hmm. That um, at times would pack it in and would didn't didn't have the uh, you know the emotional depth out there that you would expect from a team really excited to be playing basketball. I mean, I remember Micah Potter when he got back in was able to play last year and he looked like he was just having a damn good time. He was out there and, you know, just pumping up the crowd, doing everything with that. I know there's no crowd this year, but there's no crowd for Michigan. There's no crowd for Indiana or Maryland and their bench is going crazy with excitement. And, and you're not seeing anything like that with the Badgers. Sometimes with Tyler Wall, um, you, you can see that, or Jonathan Davis, a couple of the younger guys, you can see it, but those seniors, they, they um, you know, there's something to be said about, um, that you've been there, um, but at the same time, there still needs to be a joy and excitement and and um, a rallying around one another that's that goes into a sport like basketball that we're not seeing at this moment. And um, 
I, I think that's something that this team needs to get back to. Um, they obviously grinded through a lot of different things this offseason, um, just like most teams have because of coronavirus. Um, I don't know if they're still gelling because they were um, away from one another for so long, but but uh, I think you look at it, it, it's not scheme. This isn't Greg Gard's fault. Like, this, this is not his fault in terms of, um, you know, putting the players in a bad situation. This is um, first and foremost execution, but then just, uh, you know, the when the defense, whenever Maryland, Indiana, and now um, and Marquette, you you saw the defensive effort consistently out there on the Badgers, and they they were aggressive. Wisconsin hasn't been an aggressor in a lot of these games. You can say they were against Louisville, but but Louisville was a shell of themselves in that game because they were they were dealing with COVID issues and they were missing their best player. Um, I, I I don't know if there's necessarily a belief that this team can can get back to what they were last year. There's still plenty of time, um, but they need to kind of you know have a team meeting and just figure things out because. Right now, I think you look at it; the aggressiveness isn't there. They're not—they're um, not physically tough. They're not um, asserting their will on teams. Instead, they're—they're they're passively reacting to what other teams are doing, and that's not how you play uh, basketball, let alone any sport. Yeah, and that's especially not how you play when you—you you know, I could see it if this was a young team. You know, if you're passive, you're—you're you're not working. You know, things aren't working. You're not used to it. You know, if you're high, coming out of high school. Some of these guys were the best players on the team, won a lot of games, and when you can come out and, and someone's you know basically punching you in the mouth. But these guys are established players. A lot of these guys have played a lot of basketball, you know, seniors all up and down the roster. So they should be battle-tested and not you know, not being passive or reactive. So that's kind of the, the head-scratcher part for me is that, you know, everyone talked about Wisconsin coming into this year. It was – well, they've got experience. They've got guys that have played a ton of basketball. That's Wisconsin does well. They're going to be tested, and it seems like you know every every game that they've kind of had a little bit of struggle. It's just been um, it's been soft and, and kind of lackadaisical, and the energy energy level has been low. So yeah, you can certainly look at you know it, you could look at last night's game. The stats are are not good either. You talked about Ford and, and Reavers and and Davis, and yeah, they gave you twelve points combined which is not good you need more from them you you know they shot 30 percent. so yeah those things are telling and glaring but at the same time it's it's more telling the energy level I think that's the bigger takeaway is that right now this team is just not playing the way you want to and 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 not responding the way you want to so hopefully they can put their heads together the, the nice thing about the Big Ten is you've got other opportunities pretty quickly but I think for for Badger fans and the players it's got to change fast because right now it just does not seem like they're heading in the right direction where you want to be as you get deeper into Big Ten play. Yeah, for, for sure. They, they've got some, some things to, to figure out, and I would anticipate that they will because they do have that, uh, that experience. But now it's just a matter of making it happen. All right, as we move down here, I know we, we kind of talked about the softness and, and the bad parts of it. Is there anything positive you can kind of take from that? You know, Demetrius Trice still had another good game. Is there anything else that you really took from it that you can – kind of be positive as you move towards that next Rutgers contest? I think one of the positives for sure is that they can get right back to it. Um, mm-hmm. that, that because of the schedule the way it is, that they can play immediately and and be able to, to get back to business um, with the quick turnaround. Um, beyond that, you mentioned Dimitri Trice. I think he's been stellar. Um, he's, been, he's been one of the lone bright spots um, for this team for a while now. 
Um, I, I think you also look at it, um, you got Jordan Davis and Stephen Crowell in a game and, and let them play a couple freshmen. It can't hurt you um, down the line because those guys are going to have to be playing next year. Um, it's, it's obviously under crappy circumstances, but at the same time, I, I think that's about all you can. I also love the fact that they the refs let them play. There wasn't a whole um, bunch of foul calls. This, this wasn't one where the Badgers got screwed in any way, shape, or form. They just got thoroughly outplayed by a, a very good Michigan team. Yeah, they did, and, and thankfully for them, you can kind of move it along. You've got a tough Rutgers team coming up here, but uh, that's that's the nice part about this conference is that you can bounce back pretty quickly and, and hopefully get some things adjusted and figured out, and it's, it, they've got an opportunity to pick up a quality win here. You know, Rutgers comes in playing pretty well, you know, ranked in the top 25, which is, is really good to see. So before we head out of here, though, you had a late ad because we've got a Wisconsin basketball commitment, um, you know, just dropped, you know, while we were on air. Marcus Ilver, um, he's originally from, I believe it was Estonia, right, is where he was born, and, and he's bounced around a little bit. Uh, three-star guy, committed to Wisconsin. What do you make of that um, for the Badgers as they move forward in their uh, recruiting part uh, on the basketball front? I think it makes a ton of sense when, you know, we're talking about the Badgers, you know, needing some, some stuff and you're looking at the scholarship distribution that they have. He's a 6'8", 200-plus pound power forward who, who can play inside out. He, he seems to fit nicely with what the Badgers like to do. Um, he, he's a stretch stretch four kind of for them. Um, you can think of it kind of like a, an, an Aline Ford, but I, I think you look at it, he's got really good length, can hit. Um, from three, um, had some good offers, um, you know, mostly some lower tier t- offers, but you also look at like Nebraska, Utah, Xavier, VCU. Um, it, I think he's a guy that, that should help them. Um, you know, he, he was kind of a high three-star kid, um, had projected to get better. Um, the Badgers have done good with kids that have a, a similar frame and background to him. So I think we'll see how it goes at this point. Uh, but but really this was this was something that makes a lot of sense given the fact that you look at their roster complexion next year and they're going to need some scoring. Um, he, he's a guy that fits in nicely with uh, the other 2021 recruits where you've you've got your banger inside, you've got your point guard, you've got a guy like Matthew Moores who who's kind of a Swiss Army knife who can play the four, kind of play the three. I think he best projects to the three. Um, so I think that um, Ilver is, is a guy that, that can help them out, um, but he's, he's, a, he's a project kid that I think is going to take a little bit um, over the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about Wisconsin. I mean, you land some of those project kids, quote-unquote, you can, you can really buy them some time and, and make them into, into quality basketball players with just the fundamentals that Wisconsin puts together. I mean, look at Frank Kaminsky early. I'm now I'm not saying uh, this kid's going to be a next Frank Kaminsky, but early in his career, you know, he looked like, uh, you know, was a guard, grew a little bit, and then next thing you know, he's, uh, he's, he's just dominating college basketball and developing into a really good player. So Wisconsin does a great job of that. In basketball, they do a great job in, in football as well. So it can never hurt to bring on a guy that uh, has played, you know, played uh, a lot of basketball. Has got the height, got the size, and can can really come in and and work on his game and develop. Because, like you mentioned, that 2021 class right now is has got some size in it already. And then you've got you add in a guy like Chucky Hepburn, who's been playing really well in his high school season. So I think for Wisconsin, that it's a nice commitment and it allows the class to really mesh well together. And I think 
in terms of what you've got coming back next year and, and this incoming class, it should be an exciting one. When you add in the young guys like Wall and, and the Davis brothers right now, it, it should be uh, a couple classes that hopefully will will able to be able to allow Wisconsin basketball to continue to play you know at this high level that they're starting to play at and relatively speaking, not as of late, but uh, usually Wisconsin basketball is putting together a pretty good product. Yeah, I mean he he's um, he he's a good shooter. Um, he he's he could probably defend a couple different positions, being six eight and kind of being a small forward type guy. Um, I, I think now it's it's just making sure that uh, they can kind of add some weight on him and get him ready for um, the Big Ten. But he he really he's an athletic kid who can shoot and can get to the basket and is lanky. So I, I think at this point it's a, it's a good get for the Badgers. Um, all things considered, but um, and I think that this class is going to have um, a big hand in what this team can do next season, this 2021 group. I totally agree. All right, guys, well, that wraps up our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed plenty of football and basketball talk. It's always good to have a nice mix for everybody. Um, so we'll be back with you, of course, next week. We'll talk, of course, about the, uh, the Rutgers game, recap that. Uh, get into any other news that comes out. So still plenty for us to get to as the season marches on and the offseason marches on on the football side. So as always, thanks for listening, guys, on Wisconsin. (laughs) 